Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. However, wherever, whenever you're listening, this is the Root for Wisconsin show, episode 86. And we're coming at you from the Minga True Value and Riverwood Gallery Studio in De Pere, Wisconsin. I'm host, producer, all that kind of crap, Eric Fisher, the Vicky. <laughs> and joining me in the studio this week, Sean Klosterman. Sean, how are you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you? Fantastic. A little, once again, Highway 22 crew yeah. here coming at you. For episode 86, Justin will be joining us a little bit later. He's on dad duty right now, so he'll probably be joining us, I don't know, some point in the next half hour half so. hour or so, maybe 20 minutes, who knows. But he's on dad duty, so when he can join us, he'll be here. Till then, you could just the serenading sounds of our voices. Yep, yep. So as always, before we get into the episode, a couple things we got to talk about. First, check out RootForWisconsin.com, and also our friends, we've got Ray's Energy, which you can now get at Sam's Club. Nice. So, and if you do it right, I think you can get the same discount at Sam's by like kind of like a rebate system. Otherwise, go to repsports.com, code root 4, R-O-O-T, number 4, code root 4. We'll have a link on our website. Also, we are officially at football season here. And what that means, Sean, is that the NFL contest on monkeyknifefight.com are back. The Monkey Knife Fight app. Check it out. Play the contest. Put some money in your pocket. The touchdown dance is always a fan favorite contest. Pick three players to score a touchdown. If they score like point, I think it's if they score one touchdown between the three, you get a certain multiplier. If they get two and a half, so three or one and a half, and then two and a half, so you gotta get like three touchdowns total. If you can pick them right and you listen to the show and either go with kind of what we're saying or go totally against us, either way, you can put money in your pocket. Like I said, fan favorite, easy way to get a couple bucks. So check out monkeyknifefight.com. Check out the Monkey Knife Fight app and our website, rootforwisconsin.com. And as always, repsports.com for Ray's Energy or Sam's Club for that matter. With that, we get into the episode and we start off with the positives of what we had rooted for in the last week. And Sean, I'll let you take the lead on this. I totally forgot what was my... What was it going to be? <laughs> we know we just talked about it. But I totally forgot what I was um, going to You were going to be Badger's TikTok. Yes, Badger's TikTok. Because they're putting the camera at the end of practice or before practice. I'm not really sure. And they're asking all the players. This or that questions. This, yeah, this like or that. that kind of questions. Today, Today's was the their favorite Gatorade flavor. The top three. Ooh, top three. Top three. I'm thinking you got to go Glacier Freeze. Light blue. Is light blue. Riptide Rush, which is light purple. Okay. That was always a really good one. And I'm going to go with orange. That was always one of my favorites, too. I'm a little shocked that you're going with, I mean, the first two names. You're going with the names first instead of the colors, because almost everybody calls by the colors. I know the co- I know the names. Nerd. <laughs> Right, but that—that's the one I always buy at Sam's. So <laughs> I would probably go the medium blue, cool blue. I would probably go lemon lime or yellow. And honestly, I'm probably gonna go orange as well. Orange is just always so good. You know what the worst one though of the standard Gatorades is? Fruit punch. Yes, fruit punch. Like red Gatorade is just the worst. Yeah, I I've never never liked fruit punch. And you know I can I can contribute why I hate it. Like it's just always like a weird flavor of Gatorade. But I can contribute why I hate it to when I worked at KI in the factory in Bondwell, and they had like you could just get the like the syrup and they sometimes they would mix it in the water jug. Other times you had to mix it in your personal water. 
and there was just never a good comment. It was either way too watered down and too weak, or it would be way too strong and you hated your existence. Either mm-hmm. way, not great. Fruit Punch Gatorade, the worst. Did you ever buy the powder? Yes. And it never tasted the same. No. No matter no, no, how no, no, much no. you did, it never tasted the same. That's another, yeah. Those And that, that one kind of almost ruined the Glacier Freeze for me. Because I tried that too, just... Couldn't get it. The combination just never works out. Because then they say, oh, it's made for a 16.9 bottle of water. Yeah. Bullshit. No, no, no it's not. Anyway, so with that, Sean, some um, that's your roof. Do you have yep. any other roof wars? Nope, that's my only one. What do you got? Um, I don't Did I have one? I know I have a lot of noogies. I have yeah, a lot, you of, got noogies, a lot of noogies, but... but I'm- I don't know you, if I you had, had a uh, uh, college game day. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Sean. I, we really should just use each other <laughs> at this point. <laughs> yes. College game day and college football officially back. Now, we had the week zero, which I still don't get why it's called week zero. It's apparently a thing. But last week or over the weekend, college game day was back in full action. They were in Columbus, Ohio. And first of all, the early morning... Desmond Howard coming out and getting booed and him just playing into it. You got Pat McAfee joining the broadcast now, which is very exciting. Very exciting. I, you've got, you know, I was, I was riding uh, down to Sheboygan with secretary Shauna on Saturday morning. We had to get up to hang out with her parents and we get to like right before we get there um, is when eight o'clock and college game day starts. You got big and rich singing you in da, 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 da. Which is like the only thing I can ever do on rhythm. Yep. And just that instant, like, awesome feeling. Like I said, college game day, having gotten to experience that once in my life is one of the coolest things ever. And that was like a pretty small version because it was on at Lambeau. Oh, okay. Um, it wasn't like the full on, like on a campus where they have the whole, you know, up the hill or whatever, but just an awesome experience. The, it's back. Mm-hmm. NFL kicks off tonight. Where you know when we got the NBC broadcast of Bills uh, Rams. They just did the tribute to the Queen of England who passed away today. Um, not really a sports take, but just kind of something going on historically. Yeah, so, but just just think about how much she she's seen in sports over her lifetime. Yeah, and and just it's, it's, in the world as a whole. I mean, I don't know if I'm not. I'm not gonna say. I, this is a terrible time. We're not like rooting for her to be dead or anything like that. <laughs> but the timing of this is probably not great. But um, no, you, exactly. I mean, you thought you saw, you know, different World Cups that she saw and, and other sporting events, cricket, because that's something they do over in the UK. Um, not a lot of Olympic gold medals, but no, not really. But you know, yours truly, kicking ass there, mm-hmm. showing why we did seventeen seventy six. Kicking ass in the Olympics. Is that something I can say? Is that too soon? No. No. All right, good. You're good. So, yeah. I mean, but anyway, yeah. So, but you think about that. You think about just the historical perspective of this, you know, she could pull a quote from like Winston Churchill and be like, hey, I was there. And I mean, so kind of a, you know, big day. You know, this is the worst. I am like the worst person in the world, Sean. You know why? So the news broke today. You know what my first reaction to, to that I wanted to do today was? Do I even want to know? I watched the league. 
Do you know why I watched the league? No, I do not. Because Meghan Merkel is in the league as she's dating uh, Matt Forte, I think. Oh, geez. And it's a huge storyline because she was dating Pete for a while. Uh, or no, maybe Adrian Peterson. Uh, I can't remember which running back she is dating, but Did, that's the first thing I thought of was huh. it's so bad. The NFL starting back up tonight. Fantasy football's back. The queen passed away. I'm going to watch the league. So you're, you're a disappointment. I know this. This isn't, this is news <laughs> to nobody, but that was kind of my first thought. And that's here we are. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so any, also fantasy football's back. Yep. Uh, college game days back NFL is back oh another thing we can root for is our new partnership with Mason Sprangers we put this on uh, social media late last week after we had recorded we were kind of unsure at the time if we were going to be able to do it or not but after games we will have Mason I don't know exactly what day or the time or turnaround on this but we will have Mason on our social media channels on a very regular basis. I believe the plan right now is weekly. Obviously, you know, it's his life. It's his technology. We're going to take what we can get because, exactly. you know, I'm so glad he decided he wanted to do this. He will be joining the show, not this episode, but come next Tuesday when we release for Wednesday morning because we're switching our release schedule again. Shocker. Yeah, you know, right. But um, Mason will be joining us next week. We'll be talking to Packers Vikings. We'll be talking some NFL scouting as a whole, kind of looking at the roster makeup as a whole, and kind of his takeaways from the Packers-Vikings, hopefully a Packers win. So very excited to have him involved in that aspect and have him be part of our show going forward and, like I said, our social media content. So be sure to check that out weekly when we do that. So, But, Sean, with the positives come the negatives. We go from from our what we had rooted for, which is, as always, brought to you by Fanatics. Hashtag college football frenzy. I should have remembered what my root for was because I had college football <laughs> frenzy. Um, That'd be too easy, though. Show your love for your team, Fanatics.com. You know, Sean, here you, you're, you know, you're sitting here with us in studio, and I just want to say, you know, the Fanatics customer service is second to none. Yeah. Um, as you can see here in studio, there is a Michigan Wolverines t-shirt that arrived at my doorstep this morning. Really? And I did not order a Michigan Wolverines t-shirt. Um, I had ordered a Wisconsin Badgers sweatshirt. But again, the customer service second to none. You go to you know, you go to their Twitter and they have a, a fanatic support page. They take care of it. They, you know, very quick to it. They take care of everything. They're printing a return label for this one. They're Oh, you're not going to keep it? Absolutely not. <laughs> um, they're sending me the other one. They're, because I had paid for expedited shipping, they're doing expedited shipping. They're just a world-class organization, so be sure to check them out. So with the positives come the negatives, and that being Tyler here and Nogi of the Week. Sean, I'll let you go first. I've been talking for a while now. Uh, I'm going to go with Zadarius Smith. Ooh, the former Packer, yeah, now Minnesota Viking. Pa- yeah, with his take about... He went to Minnesota just so he could play Green Bay twice a year because he didn't like the way they treated him. And he's coming out with a lot of stuff that I I know it could it very well could be true. It very well could be. Mm-hmm. But just the why he's coming out with it now is why I'm giving him a noogie. It's just bitter. Yeah, it, that's all it is. Is he he got hurt and got jumped by Rashawn? Right, not Rashawn Rish- Gary. Rashawn Gary. Yeah, Rashawn Gary. 
And Preston Smith. Yes. Oh, okay. Jumped in the lineup. Yes. Yes, in the lineup. I'm saying, and he was just kind of butthurt about it. In in my opinion, you know, and he was very good for us. He was. He was, and that's the thing. Like, I just don't. He was miffed that he wasn't named team captain when he was playing, which, dude, that's voted by your teammates. Like, exactly. that's on you. He was miffed, like, he was trying to sell his house a couple of years ago or a couple off seasons ago. And, like, that was a whole thing. And he deleted the Packer stuff on social media. I just, I, I love the guy. He did so much good for the community. But, like, dude, you got hurt. The Packers found a healthy, cheap replacement for you, which they already had in the folds when you signed your contract. Like, dude, I really don't get where all this is coming from even if it is true like which i doubt by the way i really do doubt in the sense because i think we would hear much more of like players who would be like bitching and moaning about yes. like injuries and I, stuff I, like I, that. Totally, I totally agree with you and i feel he was not worth what we were going to be paying him with his injury risk that's the biggest concern i had with that and look at what we got by cutting him we saved what 20 million Twenty some million plus, it you know, and a combination of other moves. It allows you to keep Deion, Devondre Campbell. Allows you to keep Rasul Douglas. It allows you to extend Jair Alexander. It allows you to extend Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. and keep him happy. All these moves. This, you know, the Packers they get so much crap right now about the off season and and the whole situation with Devonte Adams. I think the Packers had an amazing offseason. I think we're going to kind of see it come to fruition. We'll talk more about the Packers later in the episode, but I, I wholeheartedly agree. I just don't, you know, it's it's always a few players that, you know, are very loud after they leave. You know, we look at Greg Jennings, who we talked about last week. Which he went to Minnesota also. And he went to Minnesota also. But for the most part, you hear very positive things from former Packers after they move on or whatever or a lot of them, even A.J. Hawk talks about on the Pat McAfee show about how he loves coming to Green Bay. He makes a point to come to Green Bay. And then you have a couple of guys here and there that are always just, you know, disgruntled. And I don't know if they're just looking for locker, you know, bulletin board material or what the hell the deal is. But the overwhelming majority points to them being wrong versus them being on to something. And me, you know, the truth is always somewhere in the middle. Maybe they did kind of not necessarily ignore him, but I'm sure he's overblowing something. I'm sure the Packers are probably under, you know, Lafleur had comments about not remembering it that way. So I'm sure the truth is somewhere in the middle. But, but I could I could also see it being if he was healthy, he could have still got traded or cut. I feel yeah, because absolutely. He wasn't needed. He very was. There was. Almost no chance he was going to be on this regular season unless he was healthy. And if Preston Smith would have had an awful year, then we would have seen things reverse. But Preston yeah, I Smith. Feel, I feel like Preston Smith would have got cut instead of Zedarius. But Preston Smith, to his credit, has been incredibly healthy. I think he he's missed one game in his career, maybe two. And I think that came this last season. Mm-hmm. He's been incredibly healthy. He's been, to his credit, incredibly consistent, especially in this new defensive scheme. And he's been incredibly productive, even in his down year, not this last season, but the season before, where he was trying, you know, a lot of people were trying to wish him out of town. He was still incredibly productive and had a bounce back year, but kind of back to the normal, if you will. Not necessarily an all pro year, but 
very much a bounce back to normal year. The track record says that he's probably the better player right now. And he's still cheaper and he was willing to work with you. Mm -hmm. That's the big takeaway here is that he was willing to work on that contract and has now twice taken kind of the, the bullshit extensions, but nevertheless an extension to work with you. And I and I also feel Rashawn Gary's younger and he's still on his rookie deal. Exactly. So I still feel like even if Zadarius was on this roster, he would be gone next year because it just wouldn't fit because you got to pay Rashawn Gary next year. You had the Jair extension. You had, you got, Douglas, you've got Campbell, you've got, you got guys you're kind of working on right now. Alan Lazard. I mean, all those guys, I don't know. It was just, just petty to me is that's exactly what it is. It's petty. And it's it's really like I said, I don't know if he's just trying to get himself a reason to get psyched up for the game or what the deal is, but it's just petty. So that's a great nuggie. I have two nuggies this week. First of all, and I know he's not on yet, so I'm not gonna do this one first. I'm gonna go with the Milwaukee Brewers. And not not because they've been playing bad lately, not because of any trades, any you know, this, that, or the other thing. I am going to go with the Milwaukee Brewers. Because they had this whole hoopla over the last couple weeks about, you know, getting the 100 million fan through the doors of of the stadium between Seattle and County Stadium and formerly Miller Park, now AmFam. They had all this hoopla about 100 million tickets. They were going to do something special for the team or the, for the fans, blah, blah, blah. Do you remember? Do you know what that special thing they did, Sean? Be honest with you. I didn't even hear about this. Yeah. That's because it was very, very crappy. They reduced tickets in certain sections to $6 for Monday through Thursday games for the rest of the season. Well, that's just disappointing. And you get like a $6 concession voucher. Oh, so it gets you a hot dog? Yeah. That's their thank you. you. Good? That's their thank you. So that's my big noogie. Um, so kind of a second noogie, though. And it kind of ties into the play, but also not very much. But... You know, the Brewers are kind of still on the outside of looking in at the playoff picture. Um, still, like, I still do believe that they make make a surge. So this is kind of going to be like a Brewer segment, too. But I still think that they may make a surge. They had a pretty good game today. They're playing right now. Bally Sports and the Brewers are advertising for playoff ticket sales. And I get that you have to put a deposit, like, because you can't just, you know, start that up last second. And you just put the deposit, and then if you, they don't make it, you get your money back, whatever. But just, like, not great timing. No. Especially when you look at, like, I believe the game that it happened where they started doing it on TV was a game they were like getting doubled in or something like that. And it's just like, oh, man, read the room. Yeah. Um, so I, I get it, but that's my nuggie. Um, my second nuggie, though. He's not on yet to defend himself, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Justin. I know that this is a safe space to do it. Because he's not here. Rams is not here. So a little bit of a peek behind the curtain, if you will, on our show. Um, we have multiple group chats between myself and we have a, our big podcast group chat with myself, Sean, Ramsey, Shauna, Justin. We have a Twitter conversation. We have like a Snapchat. We, you know. Even though Justin's an older side, we, we're all millennials. We have a billion different social medias. We all communicate on those, whatever. So 
backtrack to Saturday night. Justin starts talking about baseball and actually was very positive. He found a pitching ninja video about a crazy cutter or slider that just broke like crazy. And he's like, well, if baseball was like more like this, I'd watch every game. Or I'd be a season ticket. You know, if every game was I'm like, Justin, this is what baseball is. Like if you, if you watch the pitching ninja, he's got multiple clips from multiple games. You see something like that every single game, maybe not as extreme as that one example, but pretty damn close. The, the, what humans can do with a baseball is absurd. It at times seems to defy physics. Like that Devin Williams changeup, they call it the airbender. Yeah. That, it doesn't make sense. No, it's insane. Even Shohei Otani's splitter. Shohei Otani's splitter. Freddie Peralta's slider. Uh, Corbin Burns' cutter. Clay, just Clayton Kershaw's 12-6 curve. None of it makes sense. No. And we saw for the first time, I think two weeks ago, we saw the first 100-plus mile-an-hour off-speed pitch. Yeah. We're seeing things done in that sport that have never been done before on a nightly basis. And it's not just the Brewers. It's not just – it's every single game has something that has never been done before. It's even in the minor leagues, I would I would say. Yeah. It, and You and, go to a minor league game, you can see something that has never been seen before. And Pitching Ninja, Rob Friedman, has an amazing Twitter account. First of all, so you know, no free ads, but he's way bigger than us, so whatever. <laughs> Got to give credit where credit's due. Rob Friedman has an incredible Twitter account, or account where he just takes the best pitches from across baseball, whether it be he'll do some high school ones, he'll do college ones. And I hate college baseball as a whole. I really, I can't get into it, you know, and maybe it's because we only have the one team in that being Milwaukee, and you know, we're very limited to what we can see from them up here in northern Wisconsin. I, you know, the Badgers don't have a team. Marquette doesn't have a team. Green Bay doesn't have a team. I just don't love college baseball. We've talked about this. I'm not going to go down that road again. But with that in mind, you can you get access and you can see these crazy things being done. Uh, what was the guy's name from Vanderbilt? Kumar Rocker from Vanderbilt. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Who sounds sounds about right? Who has been like the greatest pitcher in college baseball the last like three years? Like it's just things you see on a daily basis, and he's he's sitting here. Oh, it's not every day in baseball. Yeah, yeah, it is, Justin. Every day, and also the fact that people can hit those pitches sometimes. I mean, by nature, like laws of nature, laws of physics, we should we as humans should not be able to hit a baseball. No, there's no way. And I know Ramsey would, you know, Ramsey and Justin would be, you know, some smart ass comment and and whatever. I mean. But by the very laws of nature, like the, the reaction time and all that stuff, we should not be able to do it. There's a lot of things we as humans should not be able to do, but that's one of them. Yeah. Okay. I got a sidebar for you, though. Okay. Did you see, what was it, the Detroit and the Angels game the other night where Roger Clemens' son, yes, wh- who is an outfielder, right? Yes. I was going to actually use this. He's, he struck out Shohei Otani, who is an <laughs> MVP candidate. In the year American in, year league. out. And he took the ball and he has saved the ball. Up, threw it to the dugout for his first career strikeout, struck out Shohei Otani. He he might be the only person that can ever do that. Or that can say Shohei Otani was my first strikeout. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, that's 
just an, an absurd and that's awesome you know and, and his reaction was like a little kid in a candy store he jumped up like he had won game seven of the world series <laughs> and, and you couldn't take the smile off his face and that is what baseball is about it's a kid's game it's true i mean everybody says that when you play professional sports you're playing a game for kids and you're making money doing it baseball is the ultimate kids game 100 percent. and you know Yes, you can make it a professional production. You can do that for football, basketball, whatever. Baseball is the kids' game, and that's why it sucks. I think about the MLB being so shitty about their marketing, is they have just such an easy. They could have such an easy product to market if they got rid of, or not even got rid of, but if if you just let them play and let them have fun and market it. Yep. I mean, there was a couple a, a campaign a couple years ago. About let the kids play or whatever, let the boys play, and they don't even let them do that. They don't. They don't even buy into their own marketing scheme. I just, I don't get it. But that's a conversation for another episode. Well, you, okay, we'll just just look at it. Little League World Series brought more views than Sunday Night Baseball. The Little League World Series was one of the top grossing like ratings yearly because every it, single year because it's, it's fun. Kid- Kids being kids. If baseball would let the guys just be kids, it would be so much nicer. Hey, absolutely. No, absolutely, Sean. So I, I wish they would do that anyway. So that's another noogie. But Justin will be joining us soon before he does, though, and maybe we'll catch him on the tail side of this. We get to our What's Weird Wisconsin story. And, Sean, this one is technically coming out of Green Bay. Um, and it is a Reddit post that has gone viral. And given all the, you know, the movie this summer, uh, Elvis Presley back in the news for a multitude of reasons. You know, the, the human that he was um, and the performer, this, that, and the other thing. There are photos from one of his last concerts that actually was at the Brown County Arena, which is now gone, that have gone viral. Um, And this came through this news article here, courtesy of WLUK, Fox 11 in Green Bay. And it's a piece of Green Bay history is getting some attention on the social media platform Reddit. A post from on Tuesday from user Lovely Coconuts. (laughs) It's a good username. It's a great username. It shows 13 photos from Elvis Presley's performance at the Brown County Veterans Memorial Arena on April 28th, 1977. The caption reads, my mom's photos from an Elvis Presley concert in 1977. And some, I mean, very, there's front row. It's like I said, it's Elvis and he, truthfully, he looks awful, but we knew kind of, you know, looking back, we can kind of know what was going on, but, um, you know, it's, the concert came less than four months before the king of rock and roll died at age 42. According to ElvisConcerts.org, the Green Bay News Chronicle reported that 6,534 people attended the Brown County Arena concert. His set list included CC Rider, I Got a Woman, Jailhouse Rock, and Hound Dog. The news reporter or the newspaper reported that while the audience was enthusiastic, Presa was not jowly, pudgy, or flabby. But pale, unsteady, <laughs> and rather slender, common wearing man wearing a white and gold encrusted jumpsuit just a size too large. So, and you can see that in the photos. Um, nevertheless, the concert was one of the most memorable in the arena's six-decade history. 
The date was featured on commemorative t-shirt sold out around the time of the arena's demolition in 2019. Uh, the Reddit post includes a price of the ticket, Sean, which is for a bleacher seat, which also was, like I said, the, the photos are almost near the front row, $12.50. Which That's insane. Which, for the record, in today's money, inflation, all that, um, would have been about $61.72, probably with fees, but just around 65 yeah, but even still, to go see Elvis now for $65? Well, I wouldn't pay $65 to see him now. <laughs> the look of disappointment on your face. <laughs> Worth it. Um, and as of 9 a.m. Wednesday, the Reddit post had more than 29,000 upvotes and 1,000 comments. So, you know, we talk about this in our re- in our wrestling series that we did. And kind of, you know, we talked about this a little bit. Um, even kind of earlier with our talk about the queen, but just one of those things that Green Bay has always been like a little bit of an anomaly to me, like, you know, looking at it historically, Sean, hundred percent where, I mean, really, if it wasn't for the Green Bay Packers, I don't think Green Bay would be anything to write home about. It wouldn't be home of any of these concerts or like the wrestling events we see in Green Bay. You know, you look at. The like the last concert series that was at that Brown County Arena before they uh, demolished it, you still had Motley Crue coming through. You look at all the concerts that came through. I think Paul McCartney played there back in the day. I think so. Um, just an absurd amount of like stuff that, I mean, if you look at the just the the, the demographics of Green Bay, it's a couple hundred thousand people that have really. I mean, it has no business in in theory making. All these, um, all these concerts coming in, and a lot of that, like I said, comes due to the Green Bay Packers. But a good chunk of that also just comes from just an an area of people who are so dedicated to music, so dedicated to entertainment, that they make this worth it. Um, the T-shirt I was referring to mentioned so highlighted names of big band names and musicians that played in the arena from 1958 to 2019. Sonny and Cher, Johnny Cash, Elvis Presley, Bob Dylan, Ozzy Osbourne, Metallica, Brett Michaels, among many others. You look at that arena for all of the things that they had. They had uh, hockey games there. They had basketball games there. They had state runner-up basketball game, the the super sectional, they used to call it. Um, They had Monster Truck Arena. They had Gamblers, Bobcats, Hockey. All the conventions that they mm-hmm. had there. All the conventions that they had there is insane because they would have the camera show, the boat show, the, the hunting show, the fishing show. I mean, all that kind of stuff. It's just crazy what they had, what they had there. And it's the thing is nice what they have now, but I still like the old Brown County Arena. As a whole, I do too. Um, because it I was have... just kind of nostalgic. Yeah, like you could, and Mon- you could just see, like you walk in there, and you know, even for like the hunting show, or the boat show, whatever, the camper show, you look around, and it's like, okay, here's the seats, and totally different aspect, but kind of the same line of thinking when you're talking about like the Queen of England. Just what has this building all seen, mm-hmm. you know? And and in the long, you know, the long run, maybe the new building will see some of that stuff. Maybe, you know, probably not. Not to the same no, capacity. No, not to but, nowhere near that same capacity. But you touchdown bills. First touchdown of the season. Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis. Fantasy who team. Bl- who had the Peaky Blinders cleats today. 
Um, I don't know if you saw that. I don't know if you have you watched Peaky Blinders. No, Sean? I have not. I I I think I watched part of the first episode, but I couldn't get into it. And I know we talked about this one time before that I got to get through the first episode in order to mm-hmm. enjoy it more. But go on. Yeah. So he had, you know, the NFL guys they have the custom made cleats um, for like their warm ups and stuff like that. Just some sweet shoes by order of the Peaky Blinders. That's awesome. Those were his pregame cleats. First touchdown of the 2022-2023 NFL season goes to Gabe Davis, Sean or Shauna's quarterback to Sean's wide receiver. And the NFL season is officially underway. Yep. I mean, it was officially underway with kickoff, but that and that was that beauty. was on the fourth down too. That was a beautiful play. I know that our our fans, you know, they're going to listen to this tomorrow when you watch those highlights and we're sitting here <laughs> live reacting. That was awesome. Uh-huh. Um, and joining us now, as promised, perfect timing too. We were just about to talk Wisconsin Badgers. Coach Justin Dahl. Justin, welcome back to the show. It's been a couple weeks. How you doing, buddy? Man, it's been more than a couple of weeks. I am so excited to be back. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna lie to you, Big E. This show has sucked without me on it. Hey, so no. I'm hey, no. so happy to be. The back ratings would say otherwise, Justin. This thing, the ratings. You don't know how to read ratings the right way, Eric. It's a simple I'm number. The power ratings. <laughs> when Coach Dahl is on the show, the power ratings go boom skyrocket up we'll talk, like, have to talk about this like next week <laughs> one of elon musk's rockets go straight into the air that's when the, the giant that's the dick power going range. straight to the <laughs> you're right you're right the giant <laughs> dick going into the sky no it is <laughs> straight up i'm just telling you all right well glad to have you back justin uh the football season going well one and one on the campaign yes Yes, took one on the chin last week. Uh, had Eric really, to, to be honest, and I was brutally honest with the guys, we didn't have a very good week of practice. Um, had a little bit of those first win um, hangovers. Uh, just kind of thought that they were something um, different, and, and uh, they learned their lesson. Uh, the game in itself, you saw three turnovers, uh, eight penalties. Um, all in all, that just screams bad coaching, Eric. I'm a, uh, you know, the, when you win, you, you're up high. When you when you're down, you're you, you just blame it on the coaching. And uh, so we we cleaned a lot of stuff up. We have the biggest uh, one, one of those games that you circle early um, when you get the schedule and say. Hey, this is the team. We're, we're going for that 10-mile stretch. Uh, going to take on the Surrey Eagles, our bitter rivals. Um, I have attempted to uh, kind of up the ante uh, through the rivalry. Uh, it, it's kind of lost its luster over the last couple of years. There's been a, a bunch of switches with uh, them still being 11-man and then switching to 8-man and being out, outside of our conference and we had just really haven't played um, played tough with them or played them over the last couple of years. Um, so it, it's nice to get them back in our conference this year. Um, I'm hoping that uh, my idea of what we can do for, for kind of a, a victory deal 
for the the rival winner is to uh, come to fruition. I don't know that I want to share it with you yet, Eric. I told the guys, but I don't know that I want to share it with you yet. Well, that's awfully rude considering I'm going to be there tomorrow night on the sidelines helping you out. And I've been helping you You, on a film study this week. That's right. So I will fill you in, Eric, just because I'm that type of guy. So at the Surrey Labor Day Parade, uh, happy Labor Day to all of our fellow listeners here, by the way. Hope you had a great holiday weekend. But at the Surrey Labor Day Parade, old Coach Dahl was wearing his Gillet football shirt and his Gillet football hat. And when the Surrey football team came by on their little 18-wheeler flatbed truck, thinking that they're all big and tough. I don't too. Floating by on their, hey, floating by. Old Coach Dahl stood up, popped his shirt right at them Surrey boys, pointed his shirt, and gave up the number one sign. He egged them on. They all booed him, but I was standing tall against those guys, Eric. I egged them on. Now, I'm going to up the ante twice. I've asked for this. I don't know if it's coming to fruition. I think it really is going to. I hope it does. But we don't want just to play the game. I want there to be something that goes with it, right? Uh, Suring, bunch of respect, whatever. They're still a rival. What I'm hoping for, Eric, is that the winning team on Monday morning, our superintendent or athletic director will uh, drive our team captains uh, up to Surrey, and we're going to slap our helmet stickers on their front doors for a week, Eric, and we're going to take pictures and we're going to put it all over our social media and, and vice versa. If Surrey somehow happens to win this game by accident, they get to do the same to us. I like it. I like it. It's got high school hijinks written yeah. all over it. It's not quite a trophy game like you see in college, but might as well be. I'm here for it. No, rivalry games are always kick good. the swamp rats' ass. Is my yeah takeaway. I here. did not. I did not want to do you know the battle for Highway 32. That's kind of a played out thing. You know, kind of falls O'Connell. They do that. Uh, They're 22. Cole, though, they? That's, that's 22. That's, that's 22. They do that. No, 32. They're no, 22. 22. We have an O'Connell Falls grad with us. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's twenty. It's, it's twenty-two. It's twenty-two, buddy. All the way up to the no. All, from O'Connell Falls to O'Connell is twenty-two. Thirty-two runs yeah, north and oh, south. Did buddy. I say thirty-two? That's what I meant. Uh, you're right. I thought you were talking about thirty-two from Gillette to Cern. You're that's, right. That's... If I said it wrong, then I apologize. Okay. First time I'm ever gonna. I'm an O'Connell guy, so I know that. Sean, if oh. you're a Connell Falls guy, oh, you suck. Here, here we and go. By the here way, my Blue Devils, my Blue Devils kicked your ass this year yeah. in what was an amazing game, a defensive stalwart game, Sean. And you guys went down. You couldn't yeah. come through in the clutch. You fumbled the ball at the end, and our Blue Devils were there to jump on it and get that W like a good, hardworking team does. Not a bunch of fumblers like the Panthers. One one out of how many years though is kind of 
one of those things. Yeah, we're one for one for the traveling <laughs> trophy since you since you wimps decided to play us again. Oh jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I love football season. Yeah. Anyway, so glad to have you back, Justin. Uh, we I'm very excited to work with the team tomorrow night and be there on the sideline for this monumental task coming up. Um, we'll talk more about that, you know, tomorrow night and, and you know probably after the episode here. But very glad to be a part of the rivalry once again. And yeah, it just we're happy to have you, Big E. Glad I can so help. As you don't talk into the microphone like a jack wagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, you're like you're lucky. I was. They, I'm gonna do a quick noogie. You're my noogie, Eric. Well, Justin, you, you were go. my noogie this week did you too. Tell did you tell Sean what you did? No, I didn't. But I, I'll tell you, Justin, you haven't listened to it yet. You are my nugget of the week as well. Um, I don't need a nugget. You deserved one. <laughs> Sean agreed with me. Yeah. So here, let's just paint the picture here real quick while we're talking to Justin. Uh, yes, I I had a, a faux pas when I was trying to teach somebody how to do the stats tablets. I had the headset mic on, or one of the headset mics on. I was teaching about the tablet and saying, okay, if the – the way that it was set up for stats didn't have the full 50 yards. It sets over, resets the 45. So I was teaching somebody to do it in case I'm not there for a week because, you know, I live here in Green Bay or in De Pere. I can't get to every Peninsula Conference eight-man football game. So I was trying to be a good person, and Justin just barks at me. Quit talking through the mic, which I, I do take blame for. I don't know if it's noogie worthy because the intentions were no, good. It's noogie worthy, no, no, no. but that Sean, is what happened. Sean, let me tell you something. All right, love Eric. Truly appreciate his help. Like, I want as many people, especially alumni, to be a part of our football program and share what we're building together. That is how programs are built, right? Oh, 100 percent. But this, this guy right here, right? All right, Sean. I'm gonna do a little something, Eric is on the mic and he's this close to it like he is swallowing the actual mic within his mouth and he's talking about it as loud as he can and i look over and and i'm trying to my offensive coordinator is trying to call a play right or talk to me <laughs> about a play and i can't hear a thing he's saying and all i look over is at eric and he's swallowing this microphone in his mouth and I ripped my headset off and said, Fisher, get the damn mic off your mouth if you're going to flap your gums like that. <laughs> and later, Sean, I apologized for, for being a little dramatic about it. Oh, you were, you time, were dramatic it, about it. It fit the bill a little bit. I understood. So, but like I said, the intentions were good. And you, you would think a guy that does radio, does a podcast would know how to use a microphone. I I don't yeah. I stand by the fact I don't I wasn't talking anymore. No. I I, I think Justin's being a little dramatic, a little creative licensing as we in the biz call it. But we're not gonna It was loud, Eric. We're gonna say we have loud. we it have like, it was like the guy was fifty yards away from you and you were trying to talk to him. It we're gonna say we had amicable differences that we reconciled very quickly. <laughs> very quickly. Very quickly. And uh <laughs> Over some very choice words. <laughs> the words we're looking for were sorry and me too. I'm sorry as well. We were adults in the situation. And we we made our peace. Um, Pretty much yeah. standing in a crowd. Fish comes up and said, yo, slapped him on the chest, gave him a little Ric Flair slap. 
And I said, sorry for yelling at you. And I said, I'm Just sorry for talking in the, mo in the moment. I, I was in the wrong there. But anyway, so bygones are bygones, all that peace and love crap. Justin, Badger football. Badgers, 1-0, slipped down to 19 in the AP poll after kicking the shit out of the Illinois State. Was it the Redbirds, the Cardinals, yeah, whatever I think the hell they are? Redbirds. Redbirds. I am so glad I'm back on this because I listen to you butcher names, try to try to put some things together in what was going on. Oh, my God. Eric, I appreciate your your valiant effort to a Badgers report, but it's just not quite the same if I'm not given the report, right? You butchered a name. You didn't even want to say one guy's name. Muma in Jogmenta. Okay. Very, very impressive. You got that? <laughs> Not entirely how it is spelled. Not even okay. close to how it's Muma. spelled. <laughs> right. Muma. Now, now I will not cut you slack on Isaac Garendo. I mean, you're in the business. You know the business. Isaac Garendo is a pretty easy name. Yeah, right? I, I admit, I, I think I clarified myself on that later, almost immediately, but... I did initially botch that name too. No, but um, I, I very much, I wasn't even gonna try. It. I still don't think I could pronounce the name you just said. No, no way. So, props to you on knowing that one. If I was trying to say, I probably would have gotten us canceled because I probably said something inappropriate or or frowned upon. So, wasn't even gonna try to. No, it, it was good. All right, it it was good enough. It sufficed in my absence, Eric. All right. I appreciate, I appreciate it. Now I want to talk about how goddamn good Graham Mertz was in this game. I'm very excited. Nobody's to hear this. giving him credit because I don't know if you listen to the broadcast, but I definitely put it in our group chat. Uh, Spencer Tillman, the, the broadcast analyst was an absolute douchebag. I would have given him a noogie. Everything that Graham Mertz could do in that game was horrible. He the the first pass that Graham Mertz threw goes right through Marcus Allen's hands, and it's you, you can't it's face level. It's on a five yard in or a slant, very easy catchable ball. The ball goes right through his hands. Spencer Tillman wants to throw Graham Mertz under the bus. Uh, I thought Graham Mertz was phenomenal. He was efficient. He was on target. Every ball that he threw had purpose. Um, I think for at one point he was thirteen for fourteen or something like that. I think that. he finished was, fourteen of sixteen. He was really good. Yeah, he was really good down the stretch early in the game. If you count the catch on, or if you count the miss, he would have he would have completed almost all of his passes all the way up until his last two or three, which were questionable um, decision-making at the end. There was a, a double slant that he threw to the deeper slant uh, where the under slant was wide open. Um, but all in all, I thought he was very good, Four a very 14 winning 16, quarterback play. He was 14 of 16, 219 right. yards, and one touchdown. Nothing nothing that you're going to, you know, blaze about. But I ask you, how much are they going to show 
in a game against Illinois State as opposed to a game when they get into conference play. Absolutely right? they're not, nothing. They're, they're not, they're not going to show you their play-action passes. Uh, they're not going to show the new Bobby Ingram offense. You even saw a little bit of that sparkle in there with some wide receiver screen, um, some some corner routes and, and and stuff like that. It was really good. Now the offensive line, uh, pass protection was a little better than serviceable. Uh, you kind of figure that's going to happen when it's all brand new. Uh, Bob Bostad switching a bunch of guys around. And, and, you know, Jack Nelson goes from right guard to left tackle. And Tyler Beach goes from left tackle to left guard. Uh, Joe Tipman, the starting center, he didn't, he was not active all fall camp. Um, and, and your right tackle, Riley Malman, is a uh, redshirt freshman getting his first big-time game action. Um, so you, you thought it was going to be, but the run the run offense was really good, really good. Um Obviously, I think at one point Braylon Allen reeled. Well, he reeled off the longest run in in school history. Uh, so there's that one. But at one point, he was four carries for 110 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and at that point, they really could have sat him. Uh, they showed four running backs that could run the ball with purpose. Isaac Garendo ran one into the end zone. Uh, Ches Malusi. They didn't show much out of his repertoire, but he probably got. I, I don't know the number off of the top of my head if you have the stats up. I do. He, uh, he's probably 10, 10 carries, 10, 12 carries. 10 carries, um, 48 yards with an average 4.8 long of 15. Yeah, he had he ran the ball really well. Um, it, they were just really impressive. Now, defensively, uh, they got pressure on the quarterback. Uh, in the back end of the defense, though, Eric, it was a little um, sketchy. Uh Illinois State was able to convert on some third downs, some deeper third downs. Um, I believe there's a couple stats out there where they they had passes of 15, 20, 26, 26, and some other odd number. Uh, those are some really long passes. They had two of their starting cornerbacks sitting out of this game in Alexander Smith, who's a, a redshirt senior, um, was a... Uh, a former walk-on. He's played in 30 games in his career. Um, and then uh, the the new slot, one of the transfer guys from Toledo, uh, Justin Clark, um, who they have high hopes, is a redshirt senior. He was sitting out. Um, he's got 48 games played with 17 starts in his career. So when you when you jump out and you're playing a, a, a redshirt freshman who only saw two games uh, last year, uh, in somewhat mop-up duty. Uh, you you kind of figured that stuff was going to happen. They lost a big one in Hunter Waller, their safety to a leg injury. That one hurts. Uh, there's no clue as to what happened to right tackle Riley Malman. So maybe some Logan Brown action there. I told you beforehand um, when, I, when I was able to pop in, Eric, that that right tackle position was a battle. Um, between two former five-star guys and a four and a high four-star guy, and the high four-star guy Riley Mullman won that job. Uh, so just a monster of a man at six eight, three hundred fifteen pounds in, in that realm. Uh, just another Ar- Under Army All-American guy. Uh, their line is stacked. Uh, defensive line. I mean, 
You talk about a play by Gio Paz that was uh, – he's their backup defensive tackle for Keanu Benton. And what really worries you, and it might be first game hype, was there was some pretty bad decisions that cost them third downs uh, defensively with a, like a rough in the passer and a late hit out of bounds uh, on the first couple series of the game. So they'll clean that up. Uh, I'm super excited for this week, Eric, uh, as we'll touch base uh, here in a minute as, as to this week and w- what's going to happen with this game. Well, let's get right into it, Justin. The Badgers are hosting Washington State. They are a 17.5-point favorite, uh, over under 49 in that game. Uh, Badgers, this is a 2.30 kickoff at Camp Randall. And just take it from there, man. So Washington State, let's touch on Washington State. This is a little um, a, a little home biased for old Coach Dahl and his O'Connell Blue Devil uh, alumni Their head coach, Washington head coach, or Washington State's head coach, is from Oconto. He, uh, Jake Dickert, is an Oconto alum. His dad took a superintendent job down at Kohler uh, Jake's senior year. Jake was a superstar three-sport athlete for Oconto. He could have really played any position he wanted. Uh, played quarterback for a while, then switched to wide receiver, ended up playing wide receiver at UW-Stevens Point. So secretly, I'm hoping for a good matchup, something that's closer than 17 and a half points. I want it to be closer than that so so Coach Dicker can show his uh, his coaching acumen. Um, he, he's just a, 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 a overachiever throughout his career. Uh, young guy. Um not sure that he's even 40 yet. He was two years older than I was in school. Um, so, ancient. so I, I hope, huh? What? No. Anyways, <laughs> so I hope I hope for for his sake they show out good. Uh, they have at their quarterback position, Cam Ward, is the uh, FCS. I believe he was the FCS Player of the Year last year at Incarnate Word. Um, every big school was after this guy. Uh, and I'm not, no bullshit, Eric. He, he, he forced um, Washington State's, I believe he was a sophomore last year, Jaden Delora. He forced Jaden Delora to transfer to Arizona. And Jaden Delora was a future up and comer. He was he was a stud, and he and he proved it last week uh, when Arizona took on uh, San Diego State and took him to the woodshed, beating them thirty-eight to twenty. All right. Um, so this guy, Cam Ward, uh, he's the real deal. So keep your eyes open for him at wide receiver. The running back for Washington. What you said? Wide receiver, quarterback. Yeah, sorry, quarterback. The running back for Washington State. Uh, should sound familiar in Nakia Watson, former Badger. Uh, he was a three-star prospect out of Texas. Uh, lasted about a year, year and a half uh, with the Badgers. Saw what was on the realm of coming. He wasn't going to get the the whole lot of playing time uh, for the Badgers. And so he transferred. He transferred to Washington State, which is uh, he won the starting job out of fall camp this year. Uh, as a redshirt senior. So 
you kind of this game this game has a lot of Wisconsin ties to it um, it's kind of fitting that in, in Coach Dickert's first year as the full-time head coach uh, that he uh, gets to come to Wisconsin and, and, and play the team that he grew up for. Now, Wisconsin on the other side, um, they've got to pick it up. Washington State, now you, you've got a defensive head coach in Coach Dickert, but they haven't changed much. Uh, it's still run and shoot. Uh, a lot of what uh, when Mike Leach was there, uh, then switched to Nick Rolovich uh, to to where they are now. They they still have a lot of or, or some of those former assistants that are going to run the same type of offense um, and, and and test the Badgers uh, back end. And, and it might come, it might be a closer game than than we all realize. Uh, so uh, a little disappointed that the Badgers slipped down in the AP rankings. Uh, in Florida, who beats uh, number seven, Utah, jumps from unranked to number 12. Um, so, but it is what it is, Eric. We'll, we'll live with it. We're going to win the games. We get past this game. We'll, we've got a real shot at, at, bigging, at, at doing something big for the rest of the year. Well, and let's just touch base on this week's opponent. A little bit of, little bit of number breakdown here for you, Justin. Uh, Cam Ward was 26-41, 228 yards with three touchdowns against the Idaho Vandals in the 24-17 win over the Vandals for Washington State. Uh, Nakia Watson, 18 carries for 117 yards, no touchdowns, had a long at 24. Cam Ward had 5-12 for 12 as well on the ground. Uh, so pretty, you know, like you said, just kind of that run-and-shoot style offense and uh, really curious to see what happens, you know, you don't want to take a team lightly, especially not a team like a Washington State, which, like you said, there's some big games coming up for the Badgers. Um, you don't want to fall into a potential trap game, especially not this early on. Um, but yeah, you have you know you got the big Ohio State one looming up coming up in the next uh, two weeks from now. So not not next week, but two weeks from here. So. Um, like I said, Badger seventeen and a half point favorite. Sean, anything you want to add here? No, I'm. I think Justin hit everything pretty much. Just, so I never. I didn't watch the game this weekend. We had too much going on. I so I didn't. I really got nothing to add right now. So with that, uh, you know, all that's really left to do is pick that game. Like I said, Badger seventeen and a half point favorite. Justin, where are you leaning on the the spread? I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm going to go with my heart a little bit, Eric. I am a Badgers man through and through. Um, I'm going to have some friends down there that are rooting for Coach Dickert, and they'll be um, all decked out in some Washington State gear. I'm going to take Washington State to cover and to lose by, what did you say the spread was, 17 17 and and a half? 17. Okay. Realistic. Badgers did cover last week. The Badgers are one and zero against the spread. Um, you know, to be honest with you, Justin, you know it's a great story. I'm all for great stories. I don't think it's going to happen this week, though. Um, you know, like you said, a couple concerning things. Uh, you know, things to clean up. So when you, you know, winning covers a lot of warts, and the, you know, it's an old saying in the sports world: winning covers warts. And a lot of things the Badgers. Should want to clean up here uh, from the win over 
Illinois State. I think the Badgers come out and do that, though. Uh, they did cover that 36 and a half, 37 points, whatever it was last week, You know, depending on where you looked. I think we see a very similar. I'm going to take the Badgers plus the points to cover this week. I just, you know, I think the Badgers were reeling a little bit before that Torchio touchdown with the 100-yard interception return. Um, they were on the ropes a little bit. They looked like they were going to have to play from behind, and from there they kind of shut them up, and that really sucked the momentum out of the Redbirds' uh, offense. And from there it was kind of Badger football as we know it. I think they kind of got that little bit of that wake-up scare out of the way. And like I said, I think you know Braylon Allen has a an objective where he wants to rush for 2,000 yards a season. Um, to do so, he's going to have to you know, play in these games, get a, you know, rack up some rushing yards early because he's not going to be playing long in a lot of these games, especially, you know, this week against Washington State, next week against New Mexico State. Um, so give me the Badgers with the 17 and a half. Sean. Um, I think it's going to be a closer game than what you think. I think I would go, I think, Badgers by 14. So Washington State covers, Badgers yeah, yeah. outright. Yeah. I've got I've got one stat for you guys, and this was the alarming stat that Eric is trying to get to. In the first quarter, Illinois State had twenty-four plays from scrimmage. Wisconsin had three in the whole first quarter. Wisconsin's defense has to do a heck of a better job of playing mentally better and not making stupid penalties that cost them getting off the field and two better on third down and in the past game when they get uh, Washington state behind the chains. I think we see it though. So that is our badger breakdown. As we look ahead to week two, technically of college football week three at Justin, where do you stand in the whole week zero bullshit? Cause I, I don't get why that's even a thing. Um, I think they should just call it week one, week one. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> we had a huge conversation about this earlier in the episode. And like, I just, like, like I, some teams, it's their week one, and the other teams, it's their week one. Like, I don't know. I don't understand. I don't understand how you have a week zero. Yeah, I, I know it's because there's only like four or five games going on, and it's not like any of the big boys, but like, it, it's Is just it something stupid. like a marketing tool that you could that you could sell. That's how I think they try to do it. I think that's kind of the... I think it's an ESPN thing, so they can kind of get the college game day without having college game day and um, not having all the hype around. I, I don't know, Justin. I really... I think it's dumb. But anyway... It is dumb. So with that, uh, Justin, Sean, it's time for NFL football. We've got the first game of the season underway. Buffalo Bills just knocking home a 43-yard field goal. Go up 10 nothing early in the second quarter. Uh, Bill, both these teams, That's... defending champions and the Bills, uh, a lot of postseason aspirations, uh, a lot of Super Bowl oh, picks yeah, going on here. And I'm a play behind. I'm a play behind you guys, Eric. He almost missed that kick. He, he did. did. Yeah, that was a little ugly. But at the end of the day, statute's not going to show how ugly it was. It's going to show yeah, that it went through. Right. Um, three points. We got three points. So. You know, a lot of, you know, one of the reasons, as I've kind of mentioned, we're switching to Tuesday nights here to kind of break down games because 
we're a reactionary podcast. We're not going to have a whole lot of insight breakdowns of you know previews coming up. Maybe Mason will make us into that, but who knows? Um, all in all, that's what, that's what we're betting on. So Mason better bring his game, right? I hope so, and I know he will. I'm not even remotely worried about him. He's amazing. Glad to have him, uh, you know, much bigger scale. But because we don't have a regular season game to go based on. We've only got week one preview coming up here, Justin. Packers, Vikings, and, you know, do you talk about that old-fashioned rivalry between Gillette Surring, same colors for the opponent this week for, you know, in our book anyway, purple and gold. Um, I would argue that the the Vikings are the Packers' bigger rivalry, in, at least in our lifetimes. Oh, 100%. No, 1,000%, yeah. I think Sean's right on it. There's no doubt about it. So the Vikings have been ten times more relevant than the Bears. Hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Besides the one year the Bears made it to the Super Bowl and had Rex Grossman yeah, at the helm, Rex Grossman and lost to Peyton Manning, which for a long time was his only Super Bowl win mm-hmm. was Rex Grossman and the Bears. Um, but you know, kind of looking at that this game, you know, there's there's only so much you can say. Uh, you know different ways to attack it yes you know we're going to see a very different green bay packers offense we're also going to see a new look different vikings defense which and i think a vikings offense with more pass heavy with what is it kevin kevin o'connell who their head coaches yep and to be honest with you you know i think you know that the these young packer receivers that we've spent a lot of time in the preseason talking about Potentially, especially because we don't know the extent of the Alan Lazard injury, could have a very big impact on this week's game, specifically both Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs, guys who can fly and facing a more veteran, slower defensive secondary in the Minnesota Vikings. I I think that speaks volumes. And like I said, we got, you know, we, we got speed on the offense. We've got a, I could potentially see a big week for an Aaron Jones game. You know, we talked. You know, we kind of a lot of the attention in the offseason goes to A.J. Dillon, and it's because he's in town and he's that bruising back, kind of fits the Packer mold, the old Packer sweep, uh, run for glory, run for daylight. But it seems like a great week for an Aaron Jones here early on, too. Um, I feel like he could have a big, big impact in the pass game, too. Absolutely. I mean, you could line him up in a slot and just let him. Catch passes. I, I very realistically think we're going to see a lot of them both being on the field at the same time. Yeah, hundred percent. I I totally agree with that. Justin, what what were your kind of early thoughts here? You know, from a eagle eye on the Packers Vikings kickoff game. Man, I am super excited for a bunch of things. Right, I'm super excited to watch our first round draft pick Quay Walker. Uh, everything you read and hear about this dude. Uh, our coaches are raving about him, his speed, his sideline to sideline speed. I'm super excited to watch him in meaningful snaps against meaningful teams, against uh, just everything being meaningful. Um, I think that I'm I'm super excited to watch our, our secondary, which has been lauded as probably the best in the NFL currently, uh, or at least top two or three. Um, Against, quite frankly, guys, uh, Minnesota made a sneaky little good trade uh, when cuts came down 
and picking up a former first-round draft pick from the Eagles and Jalen Rager. Uh, another speedster for uh, uh, offensive-minded head coach um, from a team that really threw the ball. He crapped on last year in, in uh, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, so th- they've got three receivers, really, that can do damage um, with their legs after the catch. Um, Jefferson... Line and now Rager. Uh, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see if Bakhtiari actually comes back. Um, it is is even remotely close to 90%. If we get 90% Bakhtiari back, I think that spells um, just some huge, huge numbers for this year, specifically in the run game. Uh, so happy to see that John Runyon is our starting left guard. Uh, I thought, honestly, last year he played uh, at a pro ball level. Um, I was not happy that they bumped him out um, in, in the playoffs. Uh, so, and the, you know, this is it's just what it is, guys. This this It's the rivalry game. So you know it's going to be tick. It's going to be tight the whole way. Um Special teams, um, gonna love to see how we improve on that. And here's the sneaky thing I think that we missed when we talked about uh, where we were with two backs last year. Um, what is it gonna look like with Amari Rogers playing two roles on the offense um, as kind of a backup slot guy in our third down back or a, a third back in our system? Uh, at least for four games, right? Uh, what is his, where is his production going to come from? Uh, I would love to see Alan Lazard as a number one wide receiver. I think he has all that talent. I thought he had, I thought he had NFL talent when he was at Iowa State. Uh, I thought that Wisconsin missing him was a huge miss. Um, and then if he can't go, where's Sammy Watkins at? Is he able to carry the load for, three four games um undoubtedly when it when it comes to fruition i do not i honestly do not have a worry about where romeo dobbs is he's uh, to me he's light years ahead of christian watson um so i think offensively we're going to be okay you have the best quarterback in the world uh playing quarterback he's going to put put the ball where where it's going to succeed 95 percent of the time um I do think that we're going to come out with a win, guys. Yeah, and you know, Justin, I, I really kind of even point to, and first of all, one of the cool, if, if they stand up to it, you know, you talk about the secondary of this team, the nickname that's kind of come around, the snow fly zone, potentially could be Ooh. one of the cooler nicknames in, of like a defensive unit in, in sports. Um, do not. No, I do not like that. No, at I, all. Don't, I don't that's like a, it either. It's what the, That's the a Packers, terrible name. The Packers official social media account has come up with this. Did you come up with this no, on the I, Packers social media dude, account? I, no, I'm dead ass right here. This is a terrible name. Yeah, yeah. The no. snow fly zone. I'm just telling you what's going on. Seattle gets the Legion of Boom and we get the snow fly zone. I, I like agree it. with Sean. That's <laughs> I like terrible. It. I like it. Anyway. So. You would. 
I, I would. That's a terrible take. Okay, I'll Ramsey. take it for you, Justin. Okay, guys. <laughs> oh my god! But terrible here we are. Take. You've got a kind of more of an aged Adam Thielen, which still one of the top receivers in the league. You've no got, doubt about it. You've got Justin Jefferson, who. I mean, we're Argu- talk fan- arguably is one of the best fa- receivers. Receiver. We're going to talk fantasy football here real quick. One of the top probably two, three receivers in fantasy football, let alone actual football. Oh. You good? Sorry, my wife's not in the room if any of you guys were thinking that. <laughs> I was just talking about this terrible, terrible job by the Bills back end chasing that tackle. I'm a play behind you guys. They they make this stop if they just let the guy tackle him correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They stone him. Oh no, no oh, mind. I'm yeah. Sorry. There's okay, a lineman lineman push on there. So see that big old sixty five comes and slamming in. All right. I got it. I'm bad. my bad. My bad for the erotica moan either <laughs> or two. I, I was concerned. I didn't know what was going on, but I, I was gonna say was, good, good for you, I guess. Wasn't hey, I, 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 I will say it was my anniversary a couple nights ago. All right, so. Oh hey. God, we we don't need to know that, Justin. We're gonna get canceled. <laughs> Not that kind of podcast. This is a family show, Justin. Yeah. We don't need that kind of podcast. This has this hasn't and will never be a family show. Any. No, but you're right. Very, very you're, right. you're right. Um, but anyway, my main point here, nickname aside. You have a very, very good and healthy secondary. You have a linebacker and core that is probably at their best right now between, like you said, Quay Walker, between Devondre Campbell, uh, Chris Barnes, that second rotational unit, guy who started a lot of games for this team last year. You look at the front group, you've got Jaron Reed, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry. You go five, six deep on the front off our defensive line not to mention you've got Rashawn Gary and Preston Smith Rashawn Gary kind of still looking for that true breakout year uh, but has shown growth every single year and now he's the main guy injury aside you know he's not having to rely on an injury to be that main guy he is the main guy and that dude is a freak of nature if you ever stand next to him or you see me at training camp or whatever he is absurd of a human being just should not exist with how big and how quick he is. But you've got, you know, younger guys, Kingsley and Gabari. You've got a guy a guy who realistically could have been a second or third round pick, fell the Packers day three. Perfect fit for their system in my book, who might not play this year that much because you have such a such depth on that defensive front seven. And if you rotate, you know, you can, you know, you always talk about like the, you remember Kentucky when they had the, their undefeated year where they were just rotating five and five, or you could almost do that with this defense. You could go 11 and 11 almost. You won't, because that's stupid, but you could and be in very good shape. Uh, the, the hype around this defense, I think is at its greatest point in the last decade, if not longer. Since the Super Bowl. And even today, we're still hearing the talk about, you know, Rasul Douglas being on, in Aaron Rodgers' eyes, not my words, again, I'm just a reporter here, but being on a similar level of a guy in the locker room and the instincts of Charles Woodson. Now, I'm not going to make that comparison directly, 
But you have a guy who very realistically, NFL experts projecting, could lead the league in interceptions. That's your number two, number three corner. I love Rasul Douglas. I think he is awesome. I love the way he plays the game. He, uh, he is aggressive as shit on everything. I love Rasul Douglas. I love the way he plays. You've got, you've still got Jair. You've still got uh, Stokes. That's your, you know, your top three. And then you still got depth. I mean, it's a very shallow depth, but you still have pretty decent depth at that corner position. Your safety position. You just bring in was it TJ Ford? That doesn't sound right, but you bring in. No, that was a that was a Bucks, a Bucks player. player, but it was something Ford um, in the secondary. Thank you, Jonathan Ford. Oh, the second. No, no, I'm sorry. I think it was Rudy Ford was his name. Yes, thank you, Rudy Ford. You bring him in for more depth. Uh, you know. So, you know, props to you, Micah Abernathy. Great story. On the practice squad, still around, but uh, you bring in some more depth there. Did he catch that? Holy shit. What a catch by Cooper Cup. Justin, no, I, you know, sorry to spoil this here for you, but you're going to say holy you shit. Did. You're going to say the same thing when you see this. My God, that was awesome. If he comes no, down. Is that that great? I'm a high school, I mean... Let's see. Did he get both feet? One. Oh, that toe tap. The drag. That is beautiful. That. Wow. That is. uh, That's not that great. This is awful podcasting, but that that absolutely breathtaking of a play. Um, No way. Get out of here with that. That's not that great. He's in by. He's in by four feet, Eric. He's in by a yard and a half. That's not that great. Come on. Could you do it? Yeah. Okay, let's see it happen. <laughs> uh, I'd love to see I'd Justin Dahl make I'd, this catch with I'd two do feet it. down. Do it every week. All right. Practice. All right, Justin. Anyway, I say that a lot. I've got to get you guys sucks. back on track so much. Um, so here we are. Packers, Show sucks. Vikings. You, you know, there's not. I mean, we can like I said, we can attack it from a million different ways. I, I, the receivers, like you, you know, just kind of pointing back something you'd said earlier, Justin. Um, I really do think we're going to see an interesting. You know, Sammy Watkins should be fine. You know, or I hope is fine. You know, I hope Alan Lazard can play. I really am excited to see Romeo Dobbs and action that counts. I'm excited to see Christian Watson really for the first time because we haven't seen him in game action. Uh, just glowing reviews of him, even from Aaron Rodgers here in practice, where you know you you say that Dobbs is so far ahead of him, and that's you know what we've seen as the public. But I'm also going to take 12's word for it too, where this guy is a freak of nature. Something that Aaron Rodgers said that they haven't had in the building in his tenure in Green Bay. And they've had very good wide receivers in Green Bay during Rodgers' tenure. So all that aside, I mean, rivalry game aside, two and a half points. Give me the Packers, two and a half. I think it's an easy cover, to be honest with you. I I, I think this is a perfect time to go into Minnesota because it's always a tough game there. Uh, the Packers historically have struggled in Minnesota, whether it be the Metrodome, whether it be was it U.S. Bank Field, whatever the hell the new name of it is? I think so. It's something like that. But the Packers have struggled there. Going week one. Shut them up. Take that early division lead. Two and a half points. Give me the Packers. Sean? 
Uh, I totally agree with you. I think it's going to be a field goal game. I think it's it's going to be close. And I'm not going to say a game-winning field goal at the end, but it's going to be a field goal difference. I'm going, let's go 27-24 Packers. Justin, are you taking the I know you said you projected the Packers to win. Are you taking the two and a half? Oh, I'm taking it by more. I'm taking it by 10 points. See, to be honest with you, I think I'm more on what Justin's saying than what Sean is. I, I really, I think the game's going to be close initially. And I think Green Bay pulls away because I just think on both sides of the ball, they've got more speed. I think they've got more talent on both sides of the ball. You know, the offense still has some some stuff to work through. I know that we know that. But it just seems, like I said, a perfect time to play them where they're just kind of still trying to figure out their new identity, both offensively and defensively. Perfect time to be in Minnesota. Perfect time to go get a dub. If I had to, you know, I'm not going to go buy points or anything like that, but if I had to, I'd probably say I'm, I think, Packers by seven if I was throwing a number out. So final score, what are you thinking? I would say Green Bay 28, Minnesota tw- – I'm going to say actually by eight. Minnesota tw- or Green Bay 28, Minnesota 20. I'm going to go 31-21, and I'm going to go with – about, I'm gonna go with a with a touchdown at the end by the Packers with about four minutes left, and the defense makes a stop, and the Packers run the ball out. I can get with that. Mm-hmm. All right, boys. So what that also means uh, we have a couple other games to kind of go through here, uh, just to get our picks back because we we did the picks last year; they went very well. Um, I won. I don't think that's technically true, but we're starting over. I've got Ramsey's picks. I've got Shauna's picks, and then Sean and Justin are going to pick here live. So all three of us, or all five of us, I think Ramsey said he was taking Packers with the points. Um, if he, if not, he can listen and let me know. But Packers with the points. I know Sean was taking Packers with the points. I do also want it on record that um, yeah, Sean is a homer. Sean is a big time homer, though, Eric. For what it's worth, though, these next couple of games, te- we've got to we've got to teach her a little bit better to be subjective about her picks. She's a bit of a homer. Now, I do got to say though, I'm calling her out. You know, I do got to say one of the blessings as a Packer fan. Before we get into our our other NFL games, we are so spoiled in the sense that I truthfully, I mean, obviously the Packers aren't going to go seventeen and zero. Or 20-0, whatever it ends up being after Super Bowl, whatever. It's just yeah, right. not likely going to happen. But I can honestly say, you know, year in, year out, just about every year that I've been alive, I, and especially right now, I you know, you can look at the schedule and you can convince yourself that they can win any game on that schedule. Not that they will. If that offensive line stays happy or healthy, I agree with you. I you could honestly convince yourself that they they have what it takes to win every game if the offensive line stays healthy. Absolutely. So just let let's go this route then. What are you figuring for wins this year? Oh, I hate doing this cuz since it's start yeah. of the season our this, this our, will be part of the picks. Our see projections who, see who gets the closest gets an extra point at the end of the year. 
13 Ooh, and 4. You got to make it worth them. You got to make it worth more than one point. That's like a 5 point. Okay. We can let's go 5 points. Five point so. gig. All right. Let me All get right. the schedule. I'm going to go though. I'm going to go 13 and 4. You know what the hard thing here is? Is they can be a better team than they've been the last three years on the Lafleur era, and have a worse record, but be a better team and be better suited for a like a deep playoff run. Oh, man, I got like I, said, I got to look at the schedule. Are you, are you gonna elaborate on? Yes, I'm gonna pull up the how, schedule. How? No, no. How they're going to be a better playoff team? Well, to start with, again, you know, injuries do happen. You can't assume that they're going to go into the playoffs with all, what, 24 starting spots still in position. That's just, you you can't realistically do that. Now, if it happens, that's awesome. We've seen it the last few years. You know, maybe you see 21 of the 24, including special teams, as your starters being all healthy at the end of the year going into the playoffs. I think this team is a lot deeper than those last three years have been. I think this team is a lot more talented than those last three years have been. So combining the depth with that talent as a whole unit, I think speaks volumes. And also, you know, one very kind of sneaky consideration here is they have some financial flexibility that come midseason a waiver wire pickup if it's a trade that they had to make mid-season they have for the first time in quite some time they have a little bit of uh, financial flexibility they have to make a move mid-season they're more than able to without you know breaking the cap so i think that's a very big thing where if they if they do it great if they don't do it uh, you know whatever We've seen them kind of get some midseason acquisitions that have paid off the last couple of years. We've seen them take some gambles and lose, and that's okay. Um, but I think that's a very big thing that cannot go understated. That if come you know week four, week five, if a guy like a Kenny Stills or a Will Fuller still isn't signed, you can go get that guy. Or if come you know week seven, week eight, or whatever the trade deadline is, if they need to go make a move, or if they feel like they're in a position to make a move. Go ahead and do it. I'm just going to throw a guy out at you for a midseason trade. A Deontay Johnson from Pittsburgh. If Pittsburgh's struggling this year, I know he's young, and he's in, they're going to have to give him a contract extension, but that would be kind of a guy that would be a sneaky, Absolutely. sneaky pick, pickup. So and that's that's the thing. Like I mean, you could talk about the health, and you know, obviously, you hope that everyone stays healthy, and that this team that they have now goes into the playoffs and goes in through the regular season here as intact as possible. But if they don't, like I said, you've got the financial flexibility to go make a move or two, if need be, and be very very okay. Um, so that's what I mean by by like I said, being a better team and being I think better suited for the playoffs obviously you know we can't assume that they, that happens but you're oh. you're better suited for it that's a terrible pass it was it was not it was great very bad yeah um so just to kind of break down the schedule here and i can got some, got a piece of paper <laughs> and i have not done Where's this secretary? where is secretary shauna she is having some girl time with uh sean's fiance carolyn um they were shopping and 
and I believe they're back now. Yep, they're, they're back. Now. I can hear them laughing, but they she's she's not being one of the boys tonight. She's hanging out with the girls. So yep. that's stupid. <laughs> Good for you, Shauna, but that's stupid. <laughs> we want you to hang out with us. So just kind of writing down our numbers here. So I do have the schedule. I have not done this with Ramsey. I have not done this with Shauna. Um, but we will do our, our quote-unquote uh, breakdown here of the weekly schedule and our record predictions. Starting with this week, Packers at Vikings. I'm going to say that's a win. Justin? Win. Sean? Win. All right. So everybody's want to know. Packers-Bears at Lambeau Sunday Night Football Week 2. I'm going to say win again. Win. Win. Week three, Packers at Bucks. Already, Tampa Bay and early. We're, we're just doing this outright, so I'm not going to do against the spread because that's going to change, obviously. Yep. But uh, Packers currently a three-point dog in that game. <sighs> See, this is where this is where the fan in me gets in trouble because you know they've got to lose at some point. There's games that they are going to lose. They are not going to go 17 and 0. I think they are due for a game to win against the Buccaneers. Slash Tom Brady. I want to say that they have learned from over the years. With that said, I'm I'm thinking that's going to be their first loss, for prediction purposes. I'm gonna go win. <clears throat> I'm going loss. I agree with you. I feel like that's gonna be a that's gonna be their first loss of the year. And this is a tough, like I said, that's a tough game to break down because, like I said, they, at some point, they've got, you know, if, if they are what we think they are, to get over that hump, they've got to beat that team at some point. And I think this is a perfect year to do it. I don't know if it's going to be a regular season win or if it's going to be a playoff win. You know, hopefully both. Definitely not neither. But <laughs> <laughs> um, with that, like I said, it's just, it's, it, if we're, I could, like I said, I could look at the schedule. I could see 17 and 0. I could realistically write it down, but I know that's also not realistic. This is a tough one. So anyway, that's week three or week four. Packers hosting the Patriots at Lambeau Field. I think they bounce back. That sounds like a good one for a win for me. Win. Yeah, I'll go win too. All right, then the Packers. Week five, they hop across the pond. 8:30 a.m. local time kickoff. God save the Queen. Packers are in London hosting, technically, the Giants. And that's a win for me, too. I, I just can't see them losing that game. Win. Yeah, going to win, too. All right. Come back across the pond. Week six, hosting the lowly Jets. This one's tough because I could see this. I, I could see this being a trap game. Absolutely. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they win this one. Win. Yeah, I'm gonna go win too. Week seven, Packers at Commanders. I think this is gonna be their trap game. This is gonna be a loss for me. Win. Yeah, I'm going to win. I I don't see the Commanders being very good with Carson Wentz this year. I don't either. But coming off, you know, uh, a, you know, you come from back from London. You're home against the Jets, and then you've got to travel to D.C. with a looming road trip the week after against the Bills. 
that's you know we look at week eight Packers at Bills Sunday night football that's kind of got those makings of a very potentially ugly game um like I said I think that's just kind of that trap game I think that's where they like I said they kind of just you know they play ugly they play a little sore a little slow Carson Wentz does just enough to not choke so anyway week eight Packers Bills in Buffalo I'm gonna say win. Loss. Seven and no, Justin, and then they're gonna lose. Yeah, I'm going loss also. I feel like if it was Lambo, I would go win, but in Buffalo, it's gonna be a tough game. Alright. Go they come back home for the week of practice, back on the road for three straight games. This time in the quote unquote friendly confines of Ford Field in Detroit. I'm going to say that's a win. Win. I'm going with a loss. I back. think they're going to lose to Detroit this year. Back I think they're going to gonna lose one to Detroit this year. All right. Week 10, Cowboys-Packers. Big Mike's return to Lambeau Field November 13th. Give me the Packers all freaking day. Win. Yeah, I'm going to go win on that one, too. All right. At home, Thursday Night Football, quick turnaround. Packers, Titans at home. Thursday Night Football, give me another win. Win. I'm going to go with a loss on that one. I think King Henry is going to have a really big game, and they're not going to be able to stop him in that one. All right. Week 12, Packers in Chicago no, playing the Bears. You skipped the Eagle game there. Oh, Tashi. I did. My bad. Packers hosting. No, traveling to Philadelphia. Once again, Sunday Night Football, a very sneaky team. This year's Philadelphia Eagles. Lots of picks for them to be kind of the darling of the NFC this year. I don't buy it. I think Packers win that one too. Loss. I'm going to go with a win. All right. Then week 13, Packers, Bears in Chicago. Right before the bye week, does it get them in trouble? I'm going to say no. I think they come into the bye with a win. Or go into the bye with a much-needed win. Rattling off that one, rattling off that long stretch of season, going to Chicago, get the win in early December. Justin? Win. Sean? Yeah, I say a win against the Bears. All right. Packers, much needed bye week by week 14. Come back from action. Monday night football. So a little bit, an extra day off, if you will, after that grueling stretch of season. Hosting. The defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams at Lambeau Field, Monday Night Football. Bounce back time. That's another win for me. Win. I I think they lose that game. Ooh, not in the cold. The Rams are just too good, I think. Did you just make a 68-yard field goal? No, it was 57. Oh, good from. Good from 68. Oh, gotcha. Week 16, Packer Christmas Day action. 
Packers at Dolphins. You know what? I think that's two a loss. time, baby. I'm it's gonna say two a time. Loss. I'm going win. All right, week 16, back at home, New Year's Day. Packers Vikings at Lambeau. Packers gonna write the ship. Give me a win. Win. I think they split with the Vikings this year. So is that where your so loss I'm, is going to so be? So I'm going loss. All right. So before we get into week 17, I'm going to just total this up. I have the Packers through 16 games at 13-3. and three. Justin, you have them at 13-3 and three as well. If the math checks out. Sean, you have them at 11-5. and five. Ooh, Sean. Now, this is where it gets tricky, though. Because 13 and 3, Justin, going into week 17, very realistically, it's should be not enough. Tricky at all. Well, yep. hear me out. Should be uh, enough to potentially have a number one seed locked up. Yep. I'm with you. So, all the scrubs is playing. Lots of it's scrubs. All scrub day. Jordan Love at the helm, more than likely, at least for the majority of the game. Maybe not to start like we saw less last season. I'm going to say it's a loss. Who Not do they play? The Lions. Oh, yeah. It's a loss. It's a classic. Just like last year. The repeat of last year. I think they're going to win the win the final game because I think it's going to be a lot closer at the end of the season than what you guys are thinking. I, I will say this. I will say this will be, if this actually happens, I will say this. It will be an interesting question if they've learned their lesson from last year. Are they going to play their starters the whole game? When you talk about the debacle of what the 49er game was coming off the week off and not really playing your starters in the Lions game, are they going to learn their lesson and just play the starters and with the depth they have, let the cards lay where they are? That will be an interesting question. So let the record show I did my math wrong. Sean has them at 11 and 6. Or 10 and 6 going into week no, 12, 18. No, 12 and 5 there, Chachki. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. Well, you did just say 11 and 5, and he said win, so that would be 12 and 5. If I was right, but I had done my math initially wrong before. That's what I'm saying. Oh. You're from Jillard, so. One, two, three, four, oh. five, okay. six. You are right. You are right. You're going to he- you. hear this one time. Thank you. That's all I need to hear. So, anyway, I'll, it, I'll get Sean and Randy. Sean, just wait until he talks into the mic like this to tell you how right he is. <laughs> Eat shit. <laughs> so, now, for the, you know, we have our Packers against the spread game. Uh, like I said, we're all on the Packers. Sean is on the Packers. Rams is on the Packers. We look around the NFL. I pick four games, or three games, three additional games for this coming weekend. Some with some revenge, one with a revenge angle, one to make Ramsey happy, and then one just I think that we're going to have our eyes on as Packer fans and just the timing of it. So, with that in mind, 
noon game on Sunday. The NFL eyes, I think, are going to be on this one. That is Browns at the Panthers. The Baker Mayfield revenge game, potentially. And to be honest with you, um, it is a true toss-up. There's not a split either way. It's an even game right now. Is that um, Ozzy? It is. I was just thinking that he looks awful. My God. Um, now, I have the Panthers winning outright in this game since it is currently a true even toss-up. You know, we're not, we don't have to do points or anything like that, but I have the Panthers. Sean? I'm going Panthers, too. I think Baker wins this. Justin? Oh, it's, it's Baker Burger all day long. Nope. Not happening. It's not going to be Baker. Not going to happen. It's going to be a two-headed monster of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt running all over a Panthers defense that is not prepared to stop the run. Just telling you, I'm telling you, the Browns are going to win this one in a close 10-7 to game. Ooh, well, that's a low-scoring game. Holy man. Sean, you said you had the Panthers? Yeah, I got Panthers. Shauna had, and I want to go on record, as I had not given Shauna my picks. She wanted me to be very clear about this because she wants to have integrity and she wants everyone to think that she's doing this herself. She also has the Panthers, and Ramsey has the Browns. See, me and Ramsey are the only smart ones of the group, just telling you. Running the football wins games, guys. By the way, my quarterback's leading the state in passing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, game game two. One for Ramsey. Buccaneers at Cowboys. Buccaneers right now a two-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to go with the Bucks on the road. You know, there's been a lot said about Tom Brady's, his marriage, his vacationing, his, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Is Giselle even still with him? She She's on vacation, you know, whatever. Not going to pry into that. You know, Shauna said she's going with the Cowboys because she thinks Tom's head's going to be elsewhere. I think Tom's going to laser focus in. I'm taking the Bucks. Sean? Uh, I'm going Cowboys. I think Cowboys are going to beat up on them. Box here. Okay. I'm going to tell you the one factor that we aren't talking about with the Buccaneers. And this is why I think that we'll beat them the first go around. Where are Tom Brady and, and Todd Bowles in, in their relationship, in, in their head coach to player relationship? Like, there's not enough made of, of how this whole. Uh, thing came about I really do think um, there is something going on down there uh, between Brady Bulls um, who was their last head coach Eric help me out here Bruce Arians something going on there and Tom Brady wanting out and going to um, Miami all that fiasco that happened Something's going on. Something's in the air. They We don't know if Godwin's 100% enough to play the game yet. You don't have Gronkowski. Um, you lost your starting center, who is really the lifeblood of their offensive line. There's a lot of question marks with the Buccaneers yet that need to be answered. And, and I really believe 
that uh, Dallas is going to come out and win this game. All right. And then game three, we have Monday Night Football. I believe this is Monday Night Football. Uh, the Devontae Adams and Derek Carr show reuniting. Raiders at Chargers. Currently, the Chargers are three-point favorite in that one. And Justin, I'll let you go first. This is another where are we with Josh McDaniels? What type uh, of uh, oh, it's a, it's true Sunday three and a half, three thirty game, by the way. My bad. Sunday? Yes, not Monday Sunday night football. Sunday, fun day? Well, we won't be watching it because we'll be watching the Packers kick the Vikings' ass, right? Yes, Ooh, sir. yeah. There we go. Now, I'm going to go with the Chargers to cover. Okay. Sean? Um, I think I'm going to go Oakland. I think Derek Carr is going to have a big game. Who? Yeah, who? That's the first time I've ever gotten to do that, Sean, so thank you very much. <laughs> That's, you know, I am usually in your shoes right, right now. Right, But I feel like they're going to – I just feel like it's going to be a big game for them. I believe – I'm trying to think. I think Shauna had the Raiders as well. Um, I'm going to do my best. Ramsey has the Chargers and Chris Berman – the Raiders. I'm I'm thinking people are sleeping on that Devontae Derek Carr connection. I think you know offense is going to have to win in that AFC West division. That is such a stacked division. Uh, you know I know Justin Herbert probably the better quarterback. I don't think he has the better weapons. I think a lot of people. Ooh. I think a lot of people have forgotten about Hunter Renfro. The football player, because especially here in Wisconsin, we've got Hunter Renfro baseball fever. Yep. Um, I do think Austin Eckler is a better running back, but like I said, I just I think they're going to be coming out cooking, and I just got a feeling on the Raiders. Mm. It'd be an interesting debate on the on the receiver deal, weapons deal. Be interesting debate, wouldn't you say? You got Mike Williams, you got Keenan Allen, you got Austin Eckler, Josh Jacobs. Waller wasn't that? Yeah, Josh what? Jacobs, Waller, Devontae, Devontae, and Renfro. Yeah, but what was what was Waller last year? Waller wasn't even a top ten tight end. Well, he didn't play for half the season. And when he did, he wasn't a top ten tight end. I mean that that this is what you saw. Yeah. Physically, he's probably a top ten tight end, right? Working there's on a big a, contract but there's extension. There's a reason that there's a reason they want to get rid of him too. He's been talked about in trades. Who is? Is it? Is Jared Cook still? Is Jared Cook the tight end for San Diego or uh, L.A. Chargers? I almost think so. I'd have to look. He's a free he's a free agent right now. Okay. They don't have Hunter Henry anymore. No. 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 Uh, they don't have obviously they don't have Antonio Gates anymore. Because when you say it, I'm gonna 
Gerald Everett. Oh, the guy, oh, guy yeah. from Seattle. He actually wasn't he a backup for the Charger or the the Rams last year to Tyler Higby or whatever. Very well possible. Maybe. Yeah, I like that. He guy. was he was with the Rams twenty seventeen to twenty twenty one, and then he spent the last two seasons with the Seahawks. And how did he do? Uh, 2021 stats. He was 48 yard or 48 catches, 478 yards, and four touchdowns. So, for his rankings, uh, he was tied 77th for catches, 90th in yards, tied 57th for touchdowns, and 98, uh, 98th for, for all tight ends. I think that's in the NFL. I think I don't think that's by tight end. I was gonna say. So, what was Waller? If you can look that up quick. I can look it up. It might not be quick, but I can look it up. <laughs> you're, quick. You're, you're quick at everything you do, Eric. <laughs> All right. We're going to go that route. Again, almost a family show. No, it's not. It's not even close. How do you, why does your brain go to the sad things in life, Eric? Sean, Sean started it. I, I'm just here. <laughs> Uh, Darren Waller, 2021, while also missing time, 55 catches, 665 yards, two touchdowns, and with an average of 12.1 per catch. So 55 catches, that's a lot, actually. How many games? That was in... 12? Uh... He played in 11 games last year. That's pretty damn good. Honestly, in a full season of games, game. so his his twenty twenty season, uh, sixteen games played, he had one hundred seven catches for one thousand one hundred ninety six yards with an average of eleven point two nine touchdowns. That year, he was I thought he was an all pro that year. Very well, could have been. Yeah. Anyways, Gerald Everett's gonna outplay him. That's a bold take. Yeah. There's no way. Josh McDaniels doesn't know how to use a tight end. That's also a bold take. Yeah, since Rob Gronkowski was very good in New England. He had a killer combination at one point. Huh. Just telling <laughs> you. Anyway, so with that, we've got to wrap up the show. Uh, Justin, I don't know if, you, if you've been listening since you've been gone, but we... Uh, we have a little bit of a segment we do called the Dive Bar of the Week. And, Justin, what's your favorite dive bar? Ooh, my favorite dive. Can I? Does it have to be an existing or yes, old? Yes, we're, we're working on trying to get sponsored here, either by a beer company or a tourism board. So, existing bar. Existing bar. Hmm. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head you put me on the spot here eric what do you have a dive bar of the week i didn't have one lined up we all have to come up with one eventually sean went last week sean you picked the antique yeah uh shell shredders antique in o'connell falls uh the week before what was it was like big dicks yeah some something like that shack and somewhere else well that was that was the weird wisconsin thing too wasn't it? it was yeah that's how we kind of started this Okay, so in fact, 
uh, about six years ago, guys, uh, before I met my wife, my dad and I were going to go into business together. We bought a bar in Ocano uh, off the tax, delinquent taxes of the county. Um, that obviously didn't come to fruition. I ended up becoming a dad, yada, 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 right? Um, to this day now, my dad leases this bar out. It's called BJ's on the corner next to the cop shop in Ocano. Um, I think that place is pretty cool. So if you're in Ocano, want to get a good martini, go to BJ's on the corner. They had food and drink or just drink, Justin? Just, I think they do cardboard pizza. They just opened up. Um, I think they're about three or four months into their existence. So um, it's ramping up. Let me see if I can get any, see if they have any Yelp reviews. Yeah, we did the Yelp reviews last week. It was kind of fun. Now, if not, they have that a... one. Go ahead. No, go ahead. If you got a Yelp review, I want to hear it. I've got one five-star rating that came two months ago, but I do not see any comments. So one five-star. So it's a five-star bar. It's undefeated. Okay. So on the flip side, if you're going to do a true, true dive bar, I'm going to bullpen in Pulsifer. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's a true dive bar. All right, guys, hunting season, you come on up, you get to the street. You see the headlights a little bit, you get out of hey. there. You know, you don't get caught. You get a few, few cocktails. Um, my wife and I got married in Ocanto. And uh, reception was in Shano. And that was one of our stops uh, on the way through. You got to love the bullpen. It's a classic old uh, riggedy bar. Um, two bars in the whole little transit there. Um, the guy that owns it used to own both bars. Now he owns the one. So it's a true dive bar for sure. I gotta say this, and and I have li you know lived in Jillet all my life. I have been terrified. I've never gone to the bullpen. Are you kidding me? I've never stepped foot in it. I just can't bring myself to do it, Justin. You're a chicken shit, <laughs> Sean. I I have been there. What, what not, you... I'm not going to say why I was there. <laughs> yeah, he was there during deer hunting season. Forcibly against my will. Bullshit. <laughs> I do not deer hunt. Anyway. Are there Yelp reviews? On the bullpen? That'd be a good yeah. one. That'd be a good one. Let's take a look. Oh, man. I'm sure there are. By uh, the way, the bullpen... The bullpen, one of our loyal listeners, uh, our fantasy football reigning champion, Tyson, loves the bullpen. So he goes to the bullpen. He frequents the bullpen often. Tries to drag me out there all the time. I said, Tyson, man, I, I've got these kids and, and I'm trying to raise them. I don't want to be going to a, the bullpen all the time. So there are 36 reviews on Google. It is a four-star review. 36? 
36 reviews. They're all from Tyson. 35 of the 36 are from Tyson. Their official rating is 4.2. <laughs> okay, that that's way way too high. Um, five star review came a year ago. Nice little pub with cold one dollar tappers. Great bar pizza for seven dollars. Definitely will go back. It's um, true. It's true. They got a great pool table too. Very some very high regards towards the owners. Uh, lots of positive comments there. I'm not going to read off any of the negatives because we're going to you know we want we're going on a positive here. Mm-hmm. There are some negative reviews out there. I cannot speak towards them one way or the other. But that is our dive bars week. BJ's on the corner in the bullpen. <laughs> so two dive bars for the price of one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. Uh, anyway. This segment blew up when Coach Dahl came on. Yeah. Anyway, so that is what we really have for the show. And just to kind of put a bow on it, what are we rooting for the upcoming week? Justin, I know what you are. I'm going to go the same route. I think. I don't know if you're officially rooting for this or not. You got a couple. Jill at Tigers all day. Kill the swamp. No offense, Mom. I know my mom, Surin grad. A lot of family mm. members in Surin. Ramsey's not here to defend them, but go Tigers all day long. Packers, Badgers, whatever. Give me the Tigers. Friday Night Football. Let's go. Sean. Uh, I'm just I'm going for football just starting nfl starting as a whole i'm just so excited for nfl to be back on sundays having having a cold beer at noon on sundays and just sitting down watching some football justin well this is obviously an easy one eric um i'll preview the game a little bit everything that we do uh pretty good uh surin does not do very good everything that surin does pretty good we do not do very good. Uh, it is a matchup in which one team, um, if that one team can impress their will upon another team, uh, it should be a long night for the other team. Um, I don't, you know, you don't want to tell too much uh, because they're probably listening and probably trying to get a scouting report off of me because uh, who doesn't listen to our show besides everybody? Um I think I'm, I'm super impressed with our team. Uh, the maturity that we came off of uh, a terrible week last week, um, going into a rivalry week, we've had a pretty good week of practice, um, understanding what this means to them, uh, getting a taste of winning in, a, in what was a phenomenal game uh, up in Wasaki uh, two weeks ago. Uh, understand what that what it takes to be a winning program week in week out. I'm 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 impressed. I I think we take care of business. I'm rooting for Jill Tigers. Um, one stat uh, we've got we the last two weeks we've had two receivers go over 200 yards per week. Um, our quarterback has thrown for 713 yards in, in two weeks. Um, we, we've had some injuries and some eligibility issues that we're we're curing right now. We're going to get healthier this week. Uh, super excited for that to have some of our guys back. Uh, uh, a true depth situation, um, and to and to get some of the guys that have really stepped in, fill the role that we've really needed them to in a short time, 
get them back to kind of the spot where they shine the best. Uh, super excited for that. Um, I think we'll take care of business. Uh, go Tigers. Beat them god darn Eagles. Uh, I'm also excited for Coach Dickert making a return to the, to his home state uh, for the Washington for Washington State Cougars, uh, I think they're going to end up doing okay, covering it with with a 17 point loss. Um, excited to see the growth of that program, but also excited to see the growth in the maturity of Graham Mertz and in sophomore Braylon Allen. He's only a uh, where, where where our uh, young wide receivers can can grow up. Uh, in 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 uh, play a, a high caliber uh, power five conference opponent uh, leading up to some bigger weeks down the road. I was rooting for some news that I shared today. NASCAR uh, deciding that the All Star race will come back to North Wilkesboro uh, next year. I thought that was a great, great move for NASCAR. Uh, I know Ramsey didn't think I mean, he's our he's our in-house um, speed fanatic, so uh, I would love to hear his thoughts uh, via the mic on what that's going to be. Um, I think it's a great move. It's better than at Texas where it was this past year, um, and it's my father-in-law's birthday this weekend. Uh, super excited for him. Glad we get to uh, celebrate it with him. Uh, hope we can get another win for him Friday night with his uh, his son is our defensive coordinator. His grandson is our starting running back, our starting linebacker. Um, hope hope we can get a win for him and then uh, celebrate with him on Saturday night after the Badgers win. Um, so yeah, just an action-packed deal. Uh, all week, man. I'm, I'm super excited for this. All right, boys and girls. Well, football is back. The Root for Wisconsin show is back. Rooting for football. We'll have breakdown of hopefully all these wins next week. We'll be in the studio Tuesday. Release episode Wednesday. But for now, episode 86 is in the books. I'm Eric. That's Sean. That's Justin. We're out. See ya. See ya. Salute.